Welcome to the Healing Herb Podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. I'm decompressing in the car right now with one of my friends who we haven't seen each other for almost four years and we just saw each other for the first time and she's like what do you mean like I just saw you and I said no I haven't seen you since 2020 and so actually this morning we were supposed to meet each other at a workout class and then I woke up and I was way too tired and just as I was about to cancel on her she canceled first and so now we get to do this fun yeah. podcast chat instead which is wait it's, it's way this is way more fun <laughs> honestly but i'm so excited to introduce you to my dear friend if you don't know who she is already and an entrepreneur and just an overall amazing human being who i always learned so much from we've got Jenna Rammel here on the podcast with I'm us so today. Excited. I'm so excited. I could say all the same things about you. I'm I just s- love you. I'm so excited. I love you too. This is We've so been through fun. So many phases of careers and families and personal lives together. It's so fun. Well, something that I love about you is like you are one of those people where we cannot see each other for th- three and a half years. And then I see you and it is like, oh, I just saw you yesterday. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the things that we have gone through the past few years have very much paralleled each other. And so while we've been growing individually, it kind of has taken us on a similar path to each other. So I'm really excited to talk to you about all the things today. And I also have to tell you, you need to check out my pants because you don't know this, but you are my style icon. And I bought <laughs> these pants because you were wearing them on your Instagram. And I'm going to say... Amazing. At least half of my closet is things that I have purchased because Jenna Rammel is wearing it online. (laughs) So you look incredible. You look amazing. I don't consider myself a style icon, but if I am to you, I just feel like that's incredible. I feel so honored. Well, thank you for my audience is always like share more, share more links. They think I'm a gatekeeper, but it's hard. It is hard. You're not a fat. I really admire the fashion bloggers. Like it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It is, but it is. It is a lot of work to do the links and things. Things, I'm impressed. So, anyways, post more of them because that's just how I decide what to wear is because of you. But today, Jenna and I are gonna have a conversation around a topic that I feel like so many of us struggle with but we don't really talk about it or we don't know how to move forward from it. And the question that we are gonna be answering is how do I move forward after a big friendship loss? And I feel like, especially as you just grow older and you go through different seasons and even if you have a ride or die person, life can take us different ways from each other. And if those relationships end, It can bring so much unexpected grief, so much guilt, so much self-reflection that can lead to lower self-esteem, loneliness, anger, frustration. You literally go through the cycle of grief and you don't realize how big of an impact it's going to have on you until you experience a friendship loss. So Jenna and I have both had our own experiences with friends as we all have. And so I'm just excited to dive into this topic today. Yeah, I love this topic. I think there's just not enough conversations surrounding it. And I think women especially feel really isolated in their experiences when their friendships shift and change. And they think 
they blame themselves like you're talking about. They lose a lot of self-esteem like they're the only ones. I, I don't know. I think we've we've normalized talking about breakups and divorce even and ending of like those type of relationships, romantic relationships, but we don't really have a lot of conversation around our friendships. Yeah, we really don't. And there's a word that I want to start the conversation with because when I learned this word, it gave so much validation to my feelings. And I just kind of want to help you have some language that might support some of the feelings that you're having right now if you're going through a friendship loss or if you've had one and it's still affecting you. But the term, it's called ambiguous loss. And ambiguous loss happens in all of our lives when we experience the loss of someone who is still living. Mm. So ambiguous loss comes because you enter into this grieving cycle, this grieving process of a relationship that has now been broken, but they're still out in the world. And you're grieving someone who you also have a hope maybe that, okay, well, maybe we'll reconcile in the future. Or how much do I give up? Or how much do I hold on? Or you might have questions of that are like, well, what if I see this person around town? Then how do I react? And so then we start having anticipatory anxiety. What if I see them at a f- another friend function or at school or all these things? Like there never is closure. And always in the back of your mind, you might be holding on to these stories of, well, what if this happens? And so it never really ends things. So The term for that is called ambiguous loss, and it actually applies to a lot of different type of losses. But today, as we're talking about friendship, at least for me, it is always so helpful when I have terms and words that are scientifically proven to back up how I'm feeling because then I'm like, okay, it's not just me. There's a reason why this has been so hard. And now that I know that I'm entering into this grieving cycle, now what do I do with it? So I would love to start this conversation with you, Jenna, just hearing from you things that you have done as you have been in different relationships that have drifted apart to help you feel secure in friendships moving forward. Because I also think that one of the things about friendship loss that can be so hard is then you doubt well, can I trust this person or is this going to happen again? Or does anyone even like me? Like, am I losing friends because nobody likes me? And so should I even try to have friends again? I would love to hear from you what you've done to kind of protect that part of you so that you have the confidence to still make friends when other relationships end. Yeah, that's like such a great place to start because I feel like there's so much questioning of yourself that happens. I wouldn't say I struggle as much trusting others, like entering new friendships. I struggle trusting myself. Mm -hmm. I think those experiences over my life of losing really important people. I mean, not just like a casual friendship or, you know, something that I really poured my life into our kids are friends, our husbands are friends. Like it's very intertwined. And like you said, will I run into them here? Well, I run into there. It's kind of like someone you've shared a life with. In, in a lot of ways. And so it's a lot more layered and deep. And so you begin to question, at least I do, questioning, you know, am I just not kind enough? Am I not honest enough? Am I hard to be friends with? Am I a difficult person? Like it places a ton of questions in your own mind and in my own mind. And so I've had to do a ton of inner work to get solid and get grounded in normalizing for myself that people change Hmm. and people 
should change. And life changes and changes this inevitable force that we are always navigating. And if we're not changing, it's, it's not, we're not doing the work We're we're here. I believe on this, you know, in this, on this planet to do. And so I feel like normalizing that for myself, really having a lot of conversations with myself, my own inner child, because really these triggers, really this, this abandonment, this feeling for me personally has so much to do with, you know, I was placed for adoption when I was six months old and I, and, and I moved around a lot as a kid and I, I never really found my footing with, with groups. I didn't have a sister. I didn't have that like security of like women friendships and, and that was something that I had to learn and navigate how to do. And so I didn't come, I guess, naturally with that um, security. And so I've had to find that in friends. So then when the friendship changes, I'm like, wow, the story is true about me. I'm easy to leave behind. I'm not easy to love. I can be abandoned. So it's really easy to fall into those patterns when we don't, we don't do that inner work. And we realize none of those things are true. Those stories we're not telling are true. We just, our brain has the most in, amazing way of finding the evidence that it wants to find. And so with a friendship loss, it can either drive you to, to find more security and love and patience for yourself, or it can drive you to feel and find all the evidence that, that you shouldn't like yourself, that you're not likable or lovable, that you don't deserve friends. Is there anything that you have done tangibly that you can feel like you're like, I've done this thing, this thing, and this thing to support myself? Are there any tangible things that you've done that you could share on how to flip that story so that you're not moving forward in your life like there's something wrong with me I'm worth leaving behind I'm not nice enough kind enough all those things that you've said how have you flipped that because when I see you I see someone who is so vibrant so fun who's always with amazing people and is like the life of the party you show up for people in such a beautiful way and you're always the first to celebrate someone or to throw their baby shower to invite them over or like so it's so interesting hearing the reality of how hard that is for you but then seeing how you interact with the people in your life because they're very opposite of each other so what are some things that you have done to give you the confidence to be able to do that Oh, it's like, where do we even start in our, I feel like when I get asked about like, how do you heal, you know, how do you heal yourself? It's so hard. Do you feel that way? It's like so hard of a question to answer. Yes. So multifaceted. It feels multifaceted. So it's like, what are the, let's, let's say it's something just happened and you had a fallout with a friend and Mm -hmm. there's no longer a relationship. What are like the first small steps that you are taking yeah. To start finding your way out of that and, yeah. and feel good about yourself again. Journaling, writing. For me, writing is such a beautiful process. It's free. It's something I can do instantly. I can just write down all my feelings. Like I, my anger, my frustration, my rage, my sadness, my confusion. Like I can just put it all out on paper. And as I'm writing that and exploring that and dealing with that, I find that I am able to navigate and sort of find my way back to myself. I mean, I feel like 
you're such a beautiful writer and that's kind of how a lot of navigating my own grief in lots of different ways miscarriage and and change and and different things I was dealing with in my life that's how my Instagram started was just journaling publicly essentially and your writing is so beautiful and amazing and I feel like whether you publish it or not writing down our thoughts gives language like you referred to at the beginning to our feelings and when we're feeling so overwhelmed and so just underwater by the feelings of losing a friend or a friendship shifting it's really good to get some language to it because it's probably not as bad as it as it feels honestly by the time I write it down I'm like this isn't because there's the brain has a way of of saying okay you're losing this friend now you're losing everything you're losing your confidence you're losing your safety you're losing your like I had a recent thing a couple years ago with a mom on a baseball team and I just realized it wasn't a good fit I was trying really hard because like you said I think that's something I can be really proud of is I am a damn good friend and so when I show up and I do the go the extra mile and I'm over the top and I'm making the cookies and I'm picking up the kids and I'm doing 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 and I'm happy and thrilled to be doing all those things and then someone is like I don't want to be your friend I don't really like the way I feel around you it's like <gasps> how can that be no 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 let me prove it to you mm. let, me, let me prove it to you I, I swear I can be the best friend you've ever had and so I get into that cycle and I think when that friendship was sort of fizzling out I thought this is going to compromise my son and his opportunities you know because she, she's the coach's wife and you know the brain has a way of just taking you to places you don't you do not need to go and so when I write things down I might go there but for some reason putting it out there just it comfort it's so soothing to me I love that this is the first tangible thing that you started with because it's so accessible and I also think that sometimes people are like okay journaling whatever it's not going to actually do anything for me but studies have proven that writing is a beautiful way that facilitates healing because it takes your feelings and it gets them out of your body. Every single time that I have a situation arise and I'm in therapy for it, the first thing my therapist asked me is, Ashley, have you written about this yet? And I'm always like, no, I haven't. And she's like, you know the drill. You you know, like that is your first tool yeah. is to start writing. And when we do that, we're able to get that story out of us. We're able to actually see how we feel about it. We can give words to our feelings. And something else that I like to do, especially in the context of if you have a friendship that has just abruptly ended or ended, and there's been things that have been left unsaid that you just wish you could say, you can still write it to that person and doesn't mean you're ever going to give them the letter or they're ever going to see it. But there is such a healing power that comes when you are able to get out all your words and you feel like you're allowed to speak your truth and, and to just put it on paper is actually so beneficial. And then your brain is able to see it on paper and you're able to create steps that help you move forward from that. So mm -hmm. 
we have so many questions about what to do when you have lost a friend because knowing that this podcast episode was coming with you, I asked my followers on Instagram, what do you want us to answer about friendship loss? And I was surprised, but also not surprised because I know how many people struggle with this of how many questions there are from so many women who are just hurting because of friendship yeah. loss. So and they think they're alone and they think they're they, alone. I, I don't know a woman who hasn't lost friends or multiple friends and sometimes in natural ways and some ways that are really traumatic. Yeah. Have you had traumatic friendship loss? I've had, I don't, I want to say traumatic friendship loss, but I've had hard friendship yeah. losses that have caused grief. And one of them actually I'll answer right now with this question that I thought was so, so good, but someone Someone asked, how do I cope with a friend just ghosting me out of the blue? There's actually been multiple questions around that because I think it happens a lot. I had one friend who we were very close for a long time. You know, we took trips together. We were always talking to each other. We went through life changes with each other. And to this day, I love her so much. I want nothing but happiness and joy for her. And I wish that we could still share that together. But she was going through a really hard transition time in her life, which I didn't know about at that time because she was very private about it. I could tell that something was off, but part of me was also like, is it just me? Are you not wanting to be my friend anymore? I couldn't figure it out. Uh, some hurtful things had been done that she apologized for, but things were just changing. And we just kind of stopped talking and she stopped responding to me. And for so long, I was like, what did I, what did I do? And I was so hurt by it. And I spent so much energy trying to rack my brain on if there was something I needed to apologize for, if like why we had drifted. And it was probably a year and a half later and I hadn't heard from her for at least a year at this point. I get a text from her out of the blue one day and she basically tells me everything that she had been going through and uh, telling me she was sorry that she kind of just dropped out of my life. But she only had so much capacity and I, I wasn't a part of that. And I think a lot of times we can internalize things because we think we've done something wrong, which we'll talk about because sometimes we do do things wrong. Sometimes apologies are needed to be said, but also sometimes people all of us have our own human experience that we are trying to navigate and, and sift through and we deal with it differently than each other and sometimes our friends don't have the capacity to show up for us or even for their own lives in a way that they once did and there are certain times where all people can do is just drop everything else that they don't have energy for and that's when ghosting can happen and it's really hurtful have you ever experienced ghosting of a friendship yeah i i don't think anything as like abrupt as that i think there's just so much to say about what you just said and i'm so sorry that that happened because so much of the time in fact i would say most of the time it is about the other person it's not about you if you're listening i i feel like you're probably a smart enough person that you could probably identify Maybe I misstepped here or maybe I hurt their feelings here. Most of the time it really is about the person and what they're and their capacity and what they're capable of and what they have the bandwidth for. And I think ghosting, honestly, like it, it is 
really emotionally abusive, in my opinion. I, I think it's really unfair. Even though people are at their their max capacity, I do think some kind of conversation of a simple text to you saying, like, if you find yourself in this position, texting someone and saying, hey, Ashley, I love you so much. I'm going through a lot right now. I just need space, and I hope you can honor that. And it, it's not about you. It's me. I, I, I just need some time. Wouldn't that be have been such a simple text to send? That's something that's really confusing. I, I probably haven't had a lot of experience with ghosting because I just <laughs> I don't hold the space for it. I'm like, I'm very straightforward. And I would say, what's the problem? Yeah. Because it would eat me alive. I'd yes. Like, what did I do? It does. It eats you alive. And I also think, though, especially with grief and trauma, people aren't always acting how they normally would and so sometimes it's not even intentional but they're just like I'm trying to survive right now and part of me surviving isn't explaining to anyone else where I'm at and why I'm here and and it's hard I think it's hard for both people but taking this a step further with the ghosting part of a friendship something that I do think is really disrespectful in a friendship is when someone has done something wrong and then you're just dropped by someone who who you have shared relationships with who you have shared connection with and bonds and memories and dreams and hopes and like this full relationship and then suddenly they're not talking to you anymore I think that a lot of people struggle with conflict resolution especially if you grew up in a household where you never saw a repairing between your caregivers after they fought or if you felt like you were always in trouble or there just wasn't a healthy conflict resolution I know that there's a lot of people who that can be really triggering and so moving into adult relationships it's really hard for some people to be able to repair them or to have conversations about it and, and communicate But for me, as your friend, let's say I did something that hurt you deeply and then you had two choices, either stop talking to me or approach me and tell me, I want so badly for you to tell me that I have done something so that I can repair that, so that I can apologize, so I can fix it. At that point, you still have the right to choose not to have a relationship with me anymore. Like that's... That's your right. That's your boundary. That's what you need. And of course, it's going to devastate both of us. And I think being the one to cause that pain on someone too brings this whole different grief of guilt and frustration with yourself. But at least you know. At least you can take the steps to apologize and, and fix it and do some internal work if needed. But just not hearing from anyone that you have this close relationship with can bring so much anxiety and a sense of non-closure that I just don't think is fair, especially when you have a good relationship. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with all that. I think that it, it makes you really question all those times together. Like, where's the grace? Where's the compassion? Like, I know I mess up. I know I say things that aren't kind at times, but do you know me well enough to know that that wasn't something I would intend to do, but I can take full ownership over. It sucks to not be given that opportunity. It does. And my best friendships have required conflict resolution. Absolutely. Like one of my best friends of 20 years, 
we've had one or two times where we're not talking and there's two choices walk away and and be done or come back to conflict resolution and it's not comfy these aren't comfortable conversations they're tricky but the modeling that for myself has taught me so much that it's possible yeah and I hate to give anyone false hope because some friendships are just plain toxic for for people do you, do you know yeah what I mean but but at the same time it's like there is I love what you said about conflict resolution and like it doesn't have to be we're friends or we're not friends because of this this conflict like there maybe is something there that you loved and was really beneficial to you and positive to you and you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. right I also think too with friendships either some people are in a toxic friendship and it takes them a while to figure it out yeah but then I think more often we go through life changes and there's actually a list of changes that happen in a person's life that can make relationships, especially friendships, become more distant because you're changing as a person or they're changing as a person. And the season of life that you were once in together, it's just different. So you're not relating like you used to. You're not as compatible maybe as you once were. One of those things that can change friendships is grief. If you are going through grief, uh, there was a question that someone said, what do I do about a friend who stopped talking to me when my dad was about to pass away? And Mm -hmm. I wish that that wasn't as common as it is, but it is because when we are grieving, we, I think that grief is one of the most transformative, most life-changing processes that any of us go through. And as we are in it and when we're cycling through it, we are not the same as we were before we entered in. And so you can imagine people in your life who are interacting with you a certain way and then suddenly you are totally different. If someone hasn't been through grief, it can be very hard to understand Um, If someone has been through grief, it can be very triggering for them to be around or they just might not even know how to show up for you and again, not have the capacity to. So grief is one of those things that can bring a lot of friendship loss. I would say in my life, grief made me reevaluate a lot of relationships because since I was in a different season of my life now than I originally was in some of my friendships, and they hadn't experienced the grief that I did, which I hope they never do. I don't want that for them. But I realized that some people just didn't understand or didn't want to or didn't know how to show up for me. And that left me feeling really lonely. And it was hard for me to know how to move forward with some of those relationships who just totally disappeared during the hardest times of my life. Because in my mind, that's what a friend does. Even if you don't know what to say. I just, I want a friend who's going to at least just sit here with me while I cry and hold my hand or just tell me they're thinking about me and that they know that they can't fix it. But not everyone has that emotional capacity or knowledge, or we just get so stuck on knowing what to do. Um, There's also relationships that can change if you leave a religion or you join a religion. That's across the board, something that's very impactful for people. Another thing that can bring change is your kids like how old they are what they're going through if you are entering into a new relationship or a marriage or a partnership that starts taking your time and changing who you are there's just so many different life changes that happen that can change our friendships that we don't need to take so personal yes like like, even though it hurts and it's it's frustrating and it 
is a sad loss, it, it's not about, it's not as much about you as you think it is. Right. It's like how I like to think about it is almost like how the seasons change around us. You have summer and we're about to head into fall. We're in Utah right now, which is why I get to be with Jenna. And, you know, the leaves are starting to change a little bit. It's starting to prepare and then winter's going to come and then spring's going to come again. But with every season, the nature around us requires something different to help it survive in that season because the cycle of life, things just change. And I always try to remember that with friendships, too, that both of us are allowed to change. You're allowed Mm -hmm. to change. I'm allowed to change. And because of that, knowing that either we're going to kind of change together and go through all the seasons together or life is going to take us different ways and it's okay. And I still wish the best for you and I love you and I'm going to try not to internalize it on my own and just understand that not all relationships are going to be a lifetime and that doesn't mean that they were a failure. And I think that a lot of times we think of ending relationships as a failure. So that's how we view it. But I don't believe that all of them are a failure in that way. No, there's so much teaching. I have so much to say about what you just said. First of all, I think there isn't a friendship that I haven't lost that I'm not grateful I lost. In the time, it was painful. In the time, it's confusing. In fact, there's there's one that's really, really tough for me to talk about, but someone messaged me, you know how on Instagram, if someone DMs you, but the last time they DM'd you was like an older video. Yes. And I kind of love that sometimes. Cause it'll be like my kids or yes. Yeah. And it was a video of us, my, this friend that I used to have. And I had this moment of just missing her. And, and even though I feel so betrayed by her and I've had to do so much healing work around that, and what that meant for me and our families and and the devastation it caused our family. I missed her. And I thought my, I was like, what is happening? How could I miss this person? Like she was so terrible to me, but I think it's okay to normalize like the duality of that experience of it's sad. It's time to end. And it's a good thing. I lost this friendship for a lot of reasons. And like, I'll miss having her in my life moving forward. And we had good times. I mean, we were friends for a reason. And I think really holding the space and the sacredness of the duality in our lives and that it isn't so black and white. If it was black and white, it would be really easy to lose these friendships. If it was like, you're just a horrible person. I need to get rid of you. Not a problem. Yes. That's most of the time, not the case. Right. It's really a lot of duality that plays into it. And I think too, like something that came to mind when you were talking is that the best friends I have are the most sure of themselves. They are the most mm. grounded in who they are. The friendships I've had in the past that need a lot for me, that require a lot for me, that I could never seem to make happy, that's about them. And I think women lack a lot of grace for each other. Do you, do you agree? I feel like we want things from our friends that we're really looking for from ourselves. Yes. And And that's an unfair expectation. It's very unfair. I also think just how culturally we're raised and things that we're told, there's a lot of competition outside of us between women versus women. And then when you go into a friendship trying to be supportive or just both grow together and be happy for each other outside society, outside circumstances of things that we have been taught that have been ingrained in us, 
whether we want them to or not, can also come up in these relationships, which also makes it really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Jenna, this conversation has been so good it's with so good you. for me, too. It's I, so good for me, too. And I know that there's so many people listening who are just like, okay, I, I have felt that. I feel this now. It's not yeah. just me. And that's, not alone. that's really why we wanted to have this conversation and to help give you some tools moving forward. So for the next just couple minutes of our time together, we wanted to go through and read some of the questions that you have sent in and answer them quickly so that you can just take some nuggets with you as we leave this conversation today. But one of the questions is how to make peace with letting go of a 20-year friendship. Oh man, that makes me feel like I want to cry. I know, that's a really long time. a long time to love somebody. I know we're supposed to answer these quick, but I think allowing yourself the space to grieve that, that, that Mm -hmm. is a huge loss that is so heartbreaking that I imagine they know your families and your mom and your aunts. I mean, that kind of friendship, you just get integrated and intertwined Mm -hmm. into so many different areas of a person's life. And I think making peace with it is sitting with it and just looking at it and looking at the discomfort of this is really, really hard. And I'm really sorry that that happened and allowing yourself those feelings. I also love that you have said, how do I make peace with it? Because I think that that is such a beautiful part of healing that a lot of times we skip over. And one of the stages of grief that we can cycle through is acceptance. And I bring that up because a lot of times in the grieving process, people think acceptance means that you have to be okay with it. Mm. Acceptance does not mean you're okay with it. It's actually the opposite. It's that you are able to accept the reality of how hard the situation is and then learn how to rebuild a life around that thing that is so hard that you have found acceptance with. And I think that that's how one of the ways that we can find peace is we find our acceptance in knowing this isn't okay and I'm sad about it. And now what can I do to move forward to keep rebuilding my life so that this doesn't chain me to the past forever? Love that. The next question is, how do you resolve not hearing back? Nothing at all. And you talked daily. I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about of it is so hard when you don't have an explanation. Also, we do as humans interacting with humans need to respect other people's boundaries. No answer is an answer, unfortunately. Yeah. And so for me, when I've been in that situation in the past, I have sent a simple text, let them know I love you. If I have done anything to hurt this relationship, I would love to talk about it with you because I value this relationship. Because I value this relationship, I also value your boundaries and I don't want to keep pressing you if yeah. if this is something you're not wanting to, or ready to talk about with me. I just wanted you to know that I'm still here and when and if you're ever ready to talk about it, I would love to do that. And and then you kind of have to leave the ball in their court and then if they come back ever in the future and say something and they're ready to talk about it you then you know can decide if that's something that you're willing to do at that point but at some point there has to be a respect of their boundaries and and taking their no answer for an answer yeah I love that and I feel better too I can make peace with 
sending that kind of text. Like, I, I'm not okay with just the silence and the hoping that things are better I, 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 or will get better. I like that text I send because that's giving voice to, I love you. I'm here for you. Now your turn. Yes. That makes me feel better. Too. Yes. You get to find peace yeah. in that. Next question is, how do you stop caring when a friend just ghosts you? I mean, I think that everything is just energy. And so moving the energy elsewhere and just looking at it and acknowledging it and saying, that doesn't feel good. And now I'm going to pour my energy. There's so many people in your life that would love your time and attention and just crave your energy and crave your presence. And I think we miss out on those people and we, because we get so fixated on what we don't have. Yes. I also think that at least for me personally, and just what I know about grief and taking things personally, is that the goal for me isn't to stop caring because it is going to affect me. It's how do I move forward now that a friend has ghosted me because I care about them and I'm not going to just stop caring, but how can I move forward in a way where I'm able to find resolution and let that be what it is and then find peace moving forward. And I love what you just said about, okay, how can I give all this energy and love that I have into people who are going to be receptive and reciprocate it from me? So I'm not in a one-sided relationship. Right. And it's married together what you said and what I said, like, instead of stopping caring about this person, just focus on caring on other things. I think, you know, where, where our energy goes, it grows. And yes. that's really, really important so, skill to learn. So good. Okay. Let's end on this last question. How can I reconnect with a friend who I haven't talked to for years? Well, just thinking about that story that you that you shared just barely about your friend that reached out after a year. True and and wonderful and and solid friendships, like time is not an issue. Time's not an issue and I I think that if that's a relationship you want to pursue, then pursue it. Again, yeah. something that is so valuable in any type of relationship is the vulnerability of how you're feeling and your intention of reaching out. So if you were to reach out to a friend, I would recommend saying why you're reaching out with the vulnerability of, I miss you. I just wanted to say hi with what is your intention? I would love to get together to talk or I would love to get on a phone call and just have a catch up. Or if, it's, if it ended because things had gone south, I, I would love to see if we're in a place where we can talk things out and keep moving forward. But just being able to use that framework of being vulnerable with why you're reaching out and then your intention behind it. And then the ball again, though, the ball's in their court and you don't have control over how they answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Agree. Jenna, <laughs> you are the best. This was so much fun. I feel like we oh. could talk about this for a really a long time. Years. I know. But I know that you have uh, a million kids running around that you need to go take care of today and so many so many things and in your in your business and everything. So thank you so much for taking the time out Thanks today to chat with us and everyone else. Thank you for joining us on another week of the Healing Her podcast where every week we dive into the questions that you have that are just not talked about a lot. I want to make sure that I'm answering the questions that you have live on the podcast every week. So in the show notes below, you can actually go to the website for the podcast and you can leave your question for me. And that's how we are creating our podcast episodes, which is so fun. And it helps me really know what it is that you're needing right now in your life. I hope that this week you feel less alone and that you know 
that all of us are going through the same things. So you're going to go in the show notes. You're going to ask Ashley all the questions that you have. And she is going to see you next week on the Healing Her Podcast. Take good care of yourself until next time. Bye. I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her Podcast, where healing isn't just a destination. It's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.